0: Good
1: evening, Sports Zonians. How's everybody doing out there tonight? I am Mike Aglialoro. I am your host for this is Sports Zone. We're recording with you live like we do each and every week here via the I-95 Sports and Entertainment Radio Network. We got a good show for you tonight. Going to be joined by Dave Hastings, Larry Schmelrose, hopefully Eric Tressler tonight. We want to thank everybody for listening to us like you always do on our various podcasting outlets. So thank you for listening to us, whether it's on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher tune in anchor we definitely thank you for joining us no matter how you join us and we got a lot to talk about tonight we got the nfl week 12 we got the thanksgiving games and i see larry schmelrose's ugly mug in the chat room larry how you doing there larry do you hear me
2: i hear you mike sorry about that buddy i was uh muting my television
1: oh that's okay that means how are you I'm hanging in. I'm hanging in. I'm doing all right. So like I was saying, we got a lot to talk about tonight. We got the NFL Week 12. We got the Thanksgiving games. We got the Thanksgiving Day massacre that the Cowboys suffered at the hands of the Washington football team. We got everything that went down this week uh, over the weekend. We got the Denver Broncos playing without a real quarterback. Uh, The fact that Week 12 isn't even finished yet because the Baltimore Pittsburgh game got pushed back to tomorrow at about 3.20 in the afternoon there. So we got all that to talk about. We may have a little basketball to talk about. There's Not really too much baseball going on, so we're not really going to talk too much about that. Uh, But I tell you what, Larry, I tell you what, you're the first one here tonight. I I don't know about you. I know what I want to start off with tonight. The Denver Broncos game against the Saints, where the Broncos played with no quarterbacks to speak of. Like this whole story was just crazy because it didn't really break for me. I didn't see it till hours before the game started. So all three of the quarterbacks uh, that they had, it was Jake Locke, Brett Rippon and Blake Bortles. I guess none of them tested positive, but they were all in the trace testing um, for COVID. So None of them were allowed to play for the game. So the Broncos had no quarterbacks. They weren't able to sign any quarterbacks with such short notice. They petitioned the league to let them start their quality control coach who had been with the team for two years. And the NFL didn't want to do it because they didn't want to set a precedent uh, so teams could stockpile their coaching staffs with former players which I think is stupid because you know something we all knew this was going to be a one-time deal. If the NFL really wanted to, they could have allowed them to do it and just put certain rules in place that if you want one of your coaches to start for you, you have to follow these criteria for it to do it. But the uh, NFL, in my opinion, wanted to punish the Broncos for the fact that they had three quarterbacks who weren't exactly following protocol, even though from what I heard, they weren't following protocol in, in uh, what was it? Jake Locke called all the quarterbacks together to study film on their own. And the NFL felt they need to punish them because they weren't all wearing masks, which I think is just horrible on their part. So the Broncos started a practice squad wide receiver at quarterback who went one for nine with 13 yards on the day. And that was the Broncos passing yards in the game against the Saints on Sunday. What'd you think of this?
2: Uh, He also had two interceptions, more interceptions than completions. Excuse excuse
1: Um, me. I apologize.
2: I think I heard the story a little different about how it went down. I believe they had four quarterbacks on their roster, including their practice squad guys.
1: Uh, You might be right. One of them. I only only know of the program, so sorry about that. Well,
2: what I had heard is one of them contracted, uh, tested positive coronavirus. Oh, okay. Um, That makes sense. And then they were all in a quarterback's room for some reason for a long period of time without masks on. Uh, The only four on the team uh, exposed with this guy. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Broncos, from what I understand, ratted themselves out and sent the video to the league and said, hey, listen, we don't want to put anyone else at risk is there any way we can push our game back?
1: Yes. Yeah, that's and a good
2: the, league said, the league said, no, you can't push your game back, but those four guys can't play, so you're going to have to deal with it. And I honestly, I have to applaud the league on its consistency kind of with this stuff. Uh, maybe not so much. So what they're doing is they're not changing anything for anyone for any strategical purposes whatsoever. So if you have players that aren't able to play because you messed up, That's your problem. The only time they are altering the schedule is when the outbreak has not been contained yet. And then they're therefore risking the other team's health. Uh, And they're not going to let games like that go on until the outbreak is contained. And then you play with what you have, which is what we're going to see tomorrow, the Baltimore Ravens, which sort of benefited them a little bit because they're going to get two running backs back Mm -hmm. likely tomorrow. So, I mean, the NFL has been consistent on how they're doing it. Um, it's kind of been laid out now that we've seen more stuff. It's just, if it's an outbreak, we're going to push the game back as far as we can, but strategically, it's not our problem. You know, we got to get these games played. And personally, I think they're trying to get to like a week 15 played through, and then they're going to figure it out from there.
0: Mm.
1: Well, I tell you this, and I thank you for bringing up those points that I left out. I, I do thank you for that because I did, I did leave a couple things out. You're right on that. But here's my thing. So the Broncos, and I heard Boomer Esiason say say this on the fan this morning when I was driving into work, and I agree with him on this. The Broncos contained their outbreak. They kept it within the quarterback group. Now, it's not good that they were, you know, without masks and all that stuff. But the Broncos, if you think about it, they got punished for being able to contain it to one position group. It didn't spread throughout the, thing, the the whole team. The Ravens could have played today, but they petitioned the league to not play today to push back to Wednesday because they didn't have any practice. And meanwhile, it spread throughout the entire organization because you had one uh, coach who not only was not wearing masks, but apparently they're giving these wrist bracelets that monitor them where they are so they could do the contact tracing and everything. And he wasn't even wearing that. And he's the one who spread it throughout the team. So I I get what you're saying on the consistency. But if you think about it, the Ravens kind of got rewarded an extra day in a strategic way. And they had the coach who wasn't being monitored. As you said, the Broncos ratted on themselves. They weren't trying to hide anything. So I, I'm i not saying that they should have pushed the game back. The The idea that they wanted the coach to play a quarterback and the NFL wouldn't want them to do it because they didn't want to set a precedent when all you had to do is set certain criteria, in my opinion at least. You want a coach to play for you? All right, he's got to fit all these criteria. criteria. He's got to be within your organization. He's got to be as a coach for a certain amount of time before he's eligible to be eligible for this sort of thing.
2: I just, Uh, for me and something like that, a physical would be very important. There's a lot lot, 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 of favors. I mean, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of liability right there, man. I mean, that's a dude who hasn't played. I don't
1: know. I'll give you the physical thing. I'll give you the physical. I'll give you that. I mean, I give you the physical. That's true on that. That is a lot. It is a liability. But if they're petitioning him uh, to to let him play and he's willing to do it, you know, there's no liability. Get him to sign a waiver or something. Say, are you willing to take these risks? All right, fine. Here you go. Sign this. They wanted to make fans sign a waiver to come into the stadiums during this outbreak anyway. So it's not beyond the NFL to get people to sign waivers.
2: It stinks too because I actually fell asleep and then I ended up seeing the final score. I watched Red Zone, <laughs> but I fell asleep for the afternoon games, which happens a lot. Yeah, sure. Um,
1: I was working this, you summer, know. So.
2: But, um, you know, from what I saw in the beginning, from what the Broncos were doing, it seemed like at first they had the right um, puzzle being put together. Like they had Lindsey taking snaps. <laughs> they have three good running backs they can use excuse me on that sure 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 and uh it seemed like they had the right plan in place to maintain the problem is they're playing the saints who are a good team um you know this happened my brother and i were actually talking about this this happened uh, a while ago long time back when i think with carolina when they had d'angelo williams and jonathan stewart you know one of the original platoon back situations and uh, that's what they did. I believe they had D'Angelo Williams taking the direct snaps. I think believe they had both their starting quarterbacks hurt, and they felt better off with just Stewart and Williams handling it. And they had a good defense, and I think they won 10-3. to And it looked like that's the sort of where the Broncos were going to start going with it. But uh, I don't know what happened. I fell asleep. But all I know is they got smoked and um, that – What's-His-Name did not put up a lot of numbers, but so it must have been defensive and running. I know Latavius Murray had a nice day, so they must have kept a lot on the ground. Uh, and they once they got a lead, they forced them to have to throw the ball instead of just running all the time. I think that's what happened. But, you know, like I, with the Broncos thing, I think it honestly I do believe it was more of a containment thing. And who knows, with the league, maybe it's more of a Broncos or Ravens-Steelers thing. But uh, I don't know. They did rat themselves out, you know, but the strategical point of it, I totally agree. I don't know if I can start an old guy uh, as a owner and just, you know, or whatever the case might be, like that would make me nervous as, as for whatever liability reasons might be. I know the guy's going in there under his own will, but. Uh, you're talking about a multi-billion dollar corporation. And if this guy has a, a injury where he can't walk again, I don't care what you what you sign, what you say, he's going to try to get some money somehow. You know?
1: I don't think he would be able to do it if he signed a waiver. And I got Cousin David in the chat room asking, would you both sign a waiver to enter a stadium if the NFL required it? Uh, probably not. Probably not. Simply because nah. yeah, God only knows what they'd put in that waiver. But I get what you're saying from the injury risk and everything. But if he I, I'm, I'm sorry, if he's willing to do it and then after it, if he gets hurt, he, he wants to sue. I'm sorry. Throw the lawsuit out. I, I can't take it seriously. You wanted to do it. It's fine. It's like Kevin Durant in the uh, what was it? The finals a couple of years ago. You like you wanted to play. You wanted to be the hero. We kind of all wanted you to be the hero and prove that you were this great player because you had your chance to do it and then unfortunately you ruptured your achilles you can't go back and blame the organization for something you wanted to do because if it works out your your legacy is secure you know what i mean you're you're focusing on, on the bad right now and i get why you do it but if the quality control coach comes in and he actually performs well. Like, there's no way they were going to beat the Saints on Sunday. That was never going to happen. But if he performs well enough to the point where they're actually competitive for, like, three quarters at least, that's that's a golden story right there. That's something everybody's trying to achieve for, for eons to come. I and mean, You know, you got a legacy right there. You're going for the glory right there. You can't punk out of it if stuff goes wrong. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, it's like the guy who came in for um, the Zamboni driver who came in the NHL and won a game this year. Um, oh, I you're going to have
1: to explain this one. I don't know this. Uh,
2: I have to – I don't remember the teams exactly, but I believe they were in Toronto and it was Carolina. And every team has a guy in the rink who's an emergency goaltender So that it, it, for both teams. Um, if two guys go down, this guy comes in and he plays. Mm-hmm. And it's just um, – you know, it doesn't matter if he's a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. You're not coming. You're, you know, you're going into the game. You're playing the game to your best of their ability. Like, mm. that's your job. That's what you sign on to do. That's what you're at the rink for. And it's never, the guy's never been called upon. Well, uh, both Carolina goalies, I think it was Carolina. I'd have to look it up again. Both Carolina goalies got hurt. Uh, they were up pretty hefty in the game, I believe, against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Toronto Maple Leafs, I believe he's his Zamboni driver, had to come in. He's the emergency goalie. The guy's in his 40s. Uh, ends up making a few saves. The guys, everybody loved it. All the players congratulated him, uh, and he won the game, and he got a win for it. And uh, he played well enough to where he didn't let in 35 goals on an NHL rink. I mean, uh, you know, that's cool. Uh but that guy signs up for that before the year starts, I guess, before the games start. You know, he knows he's in the ring for that purpose. So there's a difference there. I don't know how you would manage that in football. Uh, you know, maybe every team should have a quarterback, an emergency quarterback who's not with the team. Uh, I don't know.
1: Well, I think if you're going to do it with the coaching staff, you have to put a rule in place where, okay, a coach can be your designated emergency Quarter. I mean, whatever position it is, we'll say quarterback just for this example, because that obviously that's what happened. You have to be with the team as a coach for a certain amount of time. Like I get the idea that you don't want them just signing a guy. Hey, he's our coach. Oh, we got all these guys out. He's only been a coach for three days. We're going to make him our quarterback. Yeah, no, I get that because you don't want Joe. Ma- I mean, honestly, the Broncos missed a golden opportunity here. Because why wouldn't you petition to have John Elway uh, be the <laughs> starting quarterback? Like, honestly. Like,
2: have you like, seen John Elway?
1: I mean, okay, fine. But I'm just saying, John Elway in his 50s is probably better than half the backup quarterbacks in the NFL right now. I'm sorry. I, I, I'll take John Elway over, like, uh, what? Alex Tanney, the guy that the, the Giants signed to be the backup? I'll take John Elway over Alex Tanney.
2: If everybody goes down for the Bucks, are they going to put Byron Leftwich on their center?
1: I mean, I take John Elway over Byron Leftwich. Leftwich was, wasn't really that good when he was in, in my opinion. I never thought he was that good of a quarterback. So
2: He was all right. He was all right. I don't know if they ever put a right team around him. He was okay. He was good at Marshall. I know that. Uh, and then he played for the Jags for a bit. He was okay. I mean, he could win you a football game, but he wasn't great. But I think I like him as an offensive coordinator.
1: Sure, uh, yeah. No, apparently, he, apparently he's been doing really good as an offensive coordinator. But, like, he's been the offensive coordinator of the team for a few years now. So, to me, that should qualify that. Um,
2: I don't know. Well, Is Dave back me. around yet? We got to hear huh? what Dave thinks about this, this uh, yeah, Dave and no, Eric, I where are you. they at?
1: I don't know where yeah. Eric is, I mean, you'd probably know that a little better than I I gotta text Dave something real quick, so, what else did you see this week? What else did you like? I mean, I, where do you want to go from
2: here? Well, you know, the. you can always talk about the NFC Least um there's a lot going on over there i think N- washington N- M- C-
1: least i see what you did there
2: <laughs> yeah the washington's got uh the, what, what he, it's crazy because two of the teams actually three of the teams i could even qualify the eagles right now uh, other than you know dk metcalf going wild on them uh the defenses are not terrible the offenses are horrible horrible i mean look who you got running them you got alex smith uh, Wednesday ain't doing nothing To me, that guy never – he played 11 good games in the NFL, and everybody crowned him this great next quarterback, and he's done nothing else but 11 games, you know? So – and Daniel Jones or Colt McCoy going this weekend. Like, I don't know. Their offenses are horrible, but they have good defense. It gives them a puncher's chance. If I actually am picking the Giants as a crazy man to upset the Seattle Seahawks this weekend because I think the Philadelphia Eagles laid out how to do it, And uh, I don't care if it's Colt McCoy or Daniel Jones. It's not going to matter who's under center. It's going to matter whether or not they're able to move the football against the Seattle Seahawks because they have the defense to slow them down. And if they can slow them down, they give themselves a puncher's chance. I thought, you know, the Eagles, the first quarter, first little bit of the first half last night showed you how to do it. I don't think that the Seattle Seahawks are as good as everybody thinks they are. And I know it's in Seattle. I think the Giants have the defense that can contain Russell Wilson and D.K. Metcalf, and it's going to matter as to whether or not they can move the ball downfield and keep their offense on the field. But I think they turn a couple heads, and I think they can upset the Seattle Seahawks. Um, That's where I'm going with that. I know everybody else thinks I'm crazy, but I've been watching it. I've been thinking this for three weeks and watching last night's Monday night game solidified it. I think right now the Giants are a better team than the Eagles. Uh, the Eagles could have won that game last night. Jim Schwartz is a moron. He pissed off one of the best receivers uh, that we're going to see for a long time as long as he stays healthy you know, uh, before I'll, the game. Uh, t- that's I'll, just stupid.
1: I'll tell you this. I'm sorry to interrupt. but no, Please uh, do. Yeah. Uh, you know, I saw you had texted that in the group chat this morning, and I didn't know what you were talking about just yet. Truthfully, I'd forgotten who the defensive coordinator for the Eagles was. And then I saw... The story on ESPN, and I saw it was Jim Schwartz, and I was just like, "Yeah, he's a fucking idiot." Yeah, we've oh. known he's an idiot though, so I'm not surprised that he's the one who have to have done this, even though, what the comment was, "You're not uh, Megatron yet," you know. I
2: he said, that. he said, I was in Detroit when Megatron was there. Yeah, you're not there yet, and when. Metcalf was interviewed after the game. They said, did you play angry? He said, yeah. They go, why? He goes, Schwartz.
1: So here's the, here's the thing. Like, I read that quote, and I get why Schwartz thought was, that was a compliment, but I also feel like that's an incomplete statement. If you mean it as a compliment, you don't just leave it at that. You're not at Megatron yet. You're going to get there. You still got a little more to go. You say it away so it doesn't come off as an insult because I get that he didn't mean it as an as a compliment. But again, this is prefaced by the notion Jim Swartz is a goddamn moron. Well,
2: and by the way, uh, not for nothing to this point in each of their careers, I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it because Megatron's one of the best receivers I've ever seen, and he did not have a team around him like DK Metcalf does. Sure, But... To this point in their careers, D.K. Metcalf has more yards, more catches, more touchdowns. Um, I just think it's stupid. You have the most physically, to me, uh, if you look like, uh, hands down, what they say, pound for pound, he's the Mm. most physically dominating man in the NFL right now. Mm. Uh, You know, like, I don't know, man. And then how do you not throw, speaking of physically dominating men, how do you not throw Derrick Henry into the MVP vote right now either? I mean, it's crazy. That guy just comes on the second half of the year. But for this guy to go out and piss off, that would be like going out and telling Derrick Henry, like, yeah, you're good, but you ain't that good before a game. Now, some people say that DK Metcalf took that and flipped it. Like, um, some people think that he Michael Jordan did, like took a compliment and flipped it too. So he heard it that way, but Schwartz said it differently. I don't know that I've heard any other stories on it yet, but that's what I heard It's also a possibility that Schwartz is like, man, you're going to be as good as that guy. And he took it as, like, oh, yeah, you know, like, what do you mean I'm going to be? So, um, they might he might have Michael Jordan him too and just flipped it and just let it piss him off, even though it wasn't supposed to. It's still stupid. You just don't talk to a guy like that about what he can be. Just, yeah, hey, man, no, so, have a good game.
1: <laughs> and I thought Metcalf's response that, like, I'm not trying to be Metcalf. Uh, I'm not trying to be Megatron. I'm trying to be me. I thought that was perfect because, you know, you put that out there. Who said he's trying to be him? Like, why like he's he doesn't seem like the type who's trying to go for comparisons? None of these guys are trying to be the next whatever. They're trying to be themselves. So you put that out there. And yes, the Michael Jordan thing, that's perfect comparison on that one. And poor Darius Slay. Poor Darius Slay. He looked horrible last night, man. And what would you say? If I was their defense, I'd be, I'd be uh Coming after Schwartz for that one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you on that.
2: Well, then Tyreek Hill almost set, speaking of guys who had rough days, there Tyreek Hill almost set that record. Uh, what do you have? 270 yards. I think uh, it was single the, game records like three something. So he wasn't yeah. there, but you thought he was going to.
1: Yeah. Well, Tyreek is a beast, man. I think it was like 264 or something like that. But either way, Tyreek Hill's a beast. From what I know, because like we said earlier, I don't think any of us really got to watch most of the games this weekend. That game was a lot more out of hand than that score really implies. Like, I, you know, it's weird because there's weeks that Tampa Bay has looked really dominant. And then you put them against the team like in New Orleans, like in Kansas City. And they're just barely scraping by, man. So, I mean, the idea, I mean, Brady has had a decent year by his standards. If I got a pick right now, you think he's getting a conference championship game at least?
2: I mean, maybe just because of playoff experience, understand the speed and all that. Mm. Um, you know, there is a lot of talent there. It's not about how you're playing right now, but it's time to start molding how you're going to be playing in the playoffs. Sure. For me, that Tampa Bay Bucks team has had a bunch of prove-it-to-me games, and they've won one of them, and it was against the Packers, and they proved it to me. And that, But the rest of their prove-it-to-me games against the Saints, this one against the Chiefs, they came back, they made a valiant effort. Uh, Tony Romo made a, a bold prediction that he thinks that that's what we're going to see in the Super Bowl this year is a uh, Bucks chiefs um, Super Bowl. And I feel bad for that kid who got beat all day today because they never gave him any safety help over the top. Uh, Tyreek Hill burned him out and then they asked him at the end of the game, like, do you feel like they should have given you help over the top? And he was like, no, nah, I don't need no help. Well, obviously, you need some help, man.
1: Yeah, but I appreciate the fact that he's not going to admit it,
2: though. Right, yeah, you got it. You know, that's the competitor in him. Yeah. But, like, and that's a stupid. I mean, that reporter, like, that's just a dumb question to ask a guy. Like, what do you think he's going to say? He's not going to throw his coaching staff under the bus. Or, you know, if he's an asshole, he'll say, yeah, the guy was supposed to be there, but he wasn't. You know, maybe the guy was supposed to be helping him over the top, and he just kept blowing his coverage, and this guy took the blame for it. You know, we don't really know. Uh, you know, but it seems like they were just weren't giving him help over the top. But maybe the safety just kept reading it wrong. You know, he'll good routes. Mahomes looks people off really well. And that's the big thing that he does that nobody's thinking about. As that guy drops off in the pocket, he knows he's throwing right the second he gets that ball in his hands. But the whole time he's looking left until he goes to throw because he knows his guys are going to run the routes they need to run at the yardage that they need to run it. They're going to cut where they need to cut. So he doesn't have to see him. He uses peripheral. Um, so that's what people aren't like. Everybody's putting it on this guy. Maybe he's just taking the heat, but he knows his safety wasn't helping him out or his defensive coordinator let him down. But that's just a dumb question to ask, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. No, I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. And again, you know, the these guys, what do you want them to say? Because like, honestly, they throw their coaching staff under the bus. How How's that going to work out well for them? So they, there's that. And I don't know, we can keep going on this track, but I kind of want to go back to something you said earlier, you know, the NFC East. I feel like we talk about the NFC East every week because obviously that's where our teams are. Uh, so the Cowboys season, as far as I'm concerned, is over. And it's ridiculous. The fact that the Giants are probably going to be the representative of the NFC East in the playoffs. Like, I know Eric's not happy about it, and I don't, I don't blame him for not being happy about it. But here's the thing, like outside of the Daniel Jones injury, and that's a big one, like you say they're going to upset the Seahawks this weekend. I don't know how they do that with Colt McCoy starting as their quarterback. Because Daniel Jones, to me, it seems like he's gotten the turnovers slightly under control the last couple weeks. They don't look terrible. But, you know, I, I, I don't really know what to make of it. Cause it's a division. We talked about it last week. Do you really want any of these teams to make the playoffs? If you're a fan of these teams,
2: I am on the yes side. Uh, hey. Honestly, man, like 0 and 16, 16 and 0. I'm different than most. I, I, you know, I know I have red zone in my right there. My beck and call. I just got to hit one button and I'm on red zone. I watch every single down of the New York football giants every single year. Um and this team excites me a little bit. I think they get like I've said earlier in the in few weeks past, I think they give themselves a puncher's chance. Uh the thing about the Giants in the past is like when a big name player got hurt, you used to be like, Oh man, we're screwed. And they're starting to adopt with under Joe Judge, and I like the guy a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh this next man up mentality. Their defense just got healthier this weekend. Uh, they got Zimenez in his back. They got McKinney back. Um, to me, that their defense is legit. So if Colt McCoy can come out and not turn the ball over, manage the game, I like Golden Tate. I like Sterling Shepard. I like Darius Slayton. I like these guys. They're starting to do something different with their offensive line. They're moving guys in and out of it, keeping guys fresh. Uh, teams in the past have done this. Uh, it's not always. I know, like Nick Mangold said something about it. He hates it. da-da, But you know what? It's an experienced off inexperienced offensive line. When you get them in game situations, you can see who's improving on their counters, who's improving on their trap blocks, who's improving on their pulls. You know, you their down blocks. Like you get to watch all this in live game, and you're keeping them fresh, and they're moving the they're moving the line of scrimmage back two yards all of a sudden. So. If they come out, run the ball, manage the game, I think they have a defense that can shut down that Seahawks offense. scares me that it's in Seattle. I've been looking at this this game as a pivot point for the Giants and this team. The thing that scares me the most, and I'm most disappointed with this coaching staff, are the special teams blunders that have been happening since week one. Uh, you mm-hmm. brought in a special teams guru as your head coach. You would think that would be the, the most fine-tuned part of your game, yeah. and it's not. Um, that's fine. I, I just wish it would tighten up a little bit. Like, how do we give up a kickoff return right after we score an opening <laughs> drive touchdown? You know, things like that. Like, that's what kind of kills me about this coach and staff. But other than that, like, I want my team to make the playoffs. I want to watch an extra game. Uh, I want to root for an upset. You know, the Carolina Panthers did it. Other teams have done it. So, whatever. If they go in and they win round one, <laughs> like, even if they lose round two, if they find out somehow figure out a way with a puncher's chance to come out of round one. Like, come on, man. Like, how can you not get excited about that? Especially for me as a fan, I love this defense and I'd love to see what it can do uh, with an offense that just doesn't give it to the other team all the time. And they're starting you're starting to see it a little bit. I mean, I know they haven't played great teams, but these last three games are nice little warm-ups to see what we could do against the real deal. And uh, I really think you know, that they're going to be able to go in and uh, do a number. You know, they can shut down. They're one of the few teams in the league that's, that can shut down a Chris Carson. And Chris Carson makes a big difference for that Seattle team. Uh, they're, they're night and day different when he's on the field. Um, so, I don't know, man. I'm just I'm, – I'm hopeful, but I've been looking at it for the last three or four weeks. I'm a Russell Wilson owner in fantasy, so I watch a lot of Seattle And I just think the Giants are a team that can turn some heads out of the NFC East by beating the Seattle Seahawks.
1: Well, I mean, there's a couple problems if the Giants do wind up making the playoffs. And I know Cousin David's pointed them out in the chat room. But let's welcome to the show right now. Dave Hastings is here tonight. Dave, how you doing there?
3: I'm good, gentlemen. My apologies for uh, the late arrival. Had something come up that I had to deal with and it ended up lasting longer than I planned. But other than that, I am well and very happy to be here with you while Fife is, uh, while Schmal Rose is rooting for. Uh, yeah, the I Giants never remember the what the hell to
1: call him either. So I'm with you on that one.
3: No, no, I, I, I need to know better. Larry, I, I apologize. <laughs> I, I, I'll, I try to avoid that slip up and uh, you deserve better. So I apologize. But, um, you know, <laughs> I, I, I am all. For the Giants winning the division, I am officially team tank for Dallas after Thanksgiving Day. So by all means, want to keep that top five pick. You guys can take the division at five and 11. I'll be more than okay with that. But other than that, I do got to agree that defense has shown some signs. Um, I I don't like how well Cincinnati was still able to stay in the game. Uh, I know that special teams kickoff return touchdown was a major factor to it. Uh, and kind of connecting with what Larry said, like, you know, you bring in a special teams guy as your head coach. You'd like to believe that that part of your uh, team, if any part would be the part you could truly rely on. Um, but <clears throat> he still kind of lets uh, Cincinnati hang a la- around way longer than they should have. And if we're being honest, Cincinnati had a chance to drive down and actually win that game. Uh, now the defense stepped up, forced a turnover and, you know, was able to put that game away. But you go up against the Seattle, you go up against the Green Bay, you go up against these teams that have experienced quarterbacks. Like, the odds of that, that happening are a lot slimmer. Um, but all in all, I, I, I'm I'm team tank for Dallas. Let's go. I don't know how you call a fake punt on fourth and ten inside your own 30-yard line and when it's a four-point game. But I, I don't need to dive into that. But, yeah, I mean, look, the Giants look tough, man. And uh, like your cousin pointed out, I think your biggest concern, it may not be judges as your head coach. It, it, it may just be the idea of letting Gettleman hang around longer to kind of do what he's been doing. And that's been, for the most part, putting a below-average talent team on the field.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was going to go there myself. I don't understand. Like, here's the thing. I get that if you're a Giant fan, you're not necessarily rooting for your team to lose because I don't think anybody really wants their team to lose. I don't even think Jet fans want their team to lose. I think it's a painful thing to watch the team lose every week, even if you know it's going to help your team out in the long run. But the idea that the Giants win and Gettleman gets to save his job, and we all know Gettleman should not be the general manager of this team here. And if a peripheral effect of them being able to make the playoffs is that Gettleman makes his job, uh, keeps his job, excuse me, that's not a good thing at all. And, like, I get you want your team to make the playoffs, but it's like Gettleman should not be your general manager going forward, in my opinion.
2: I uh, agree, you know, and I put a little bit of faith into the Mara's and Tish's football Mm -hmm. experience and years and years of experience. I know that they're loyal people. I know that if this team does turn it around and turn some heads and maybe win some games that people don't think they should, and, and, you know, put up a battle, at least not win, but if they do make the playoffs and let's not get it twisted, Washington Redskins with a legitimate front four still have a chance to take the division. Um, You know, they may have a better chance to beat the Seahawks than the Giants do. But I think one of these two NFC East teams will beat the Seahawks. Um, But, you know, I, I just... I think that they're smart enough to realize that this is Judge that's getting this team to play better. It's got nothing to do with Gettleman. I still don't have confidence in the fact that Gettleman made the decision to bring in a guy like Logan Ryan or Martinez. I feel like there's an intern somewhere doing a good job or something, dude. Like, I do not have confidence that that guy, that that guy made those decisions, but I want the dude who made those decisions. Like I feel like I know you guys hate the fact of bringing in – a new general manager with a a coach who's been there for a year for me. And it's situational. And in this situation, it's a little bit different because you have a coach, Coach, who's changing the culture of the organization, and if you want your culture to change, it has to start from within. And whether it's successful enough to win you a championship or just put you on the right path, you need to bring in a general manager who's on board with the culture change right now. Mm. So I don't know that it's necessarily like with the Jets; they got Donald, they were trying to build a quarterback, they were trying to win. Right now, the Giants are just trying to change their culture, and I don't think you necessarily need to worry about bringing in a new GM. I think if you go into the playoffs with a losing record. Record. you know they basically told the guy like losing record next year and you're out now if you make the playoffs on a win because of that that's that uh, you still told the guy losing record and you're out mm-hmm. so if you make the playoffs on a seven and nine somehow you get seven wins in the in this season um i still don't think you keep them around i think you can promote within from within you can bring in a young general manager you've got a young coach uh, i feel like they're gonna get it's I hear more and more about them leaning towards letting Jason Garrett walk or firing him at the end of the year. Um, so Garrett might be on his way out the door. He may have oh a new no. offensive coordinator coming. Oh, come no. in.
1: what a shame.
2: What a shame. <laughs> Which is fine because if you look at it like I feel like in the beginning of the year there was a Garrett effect on that offense. They were they would have like good drives going and you'd see him all of a sudden run some stupid ass reverse for some reason when they were moving the ball three or four yards of play, running up the middle, uh, throwing quick slants. And then Garrett would (laughs) run some shit reverse that would lose seven yards and they'd go from second and two to third and 10. Um, you know, like that. And then I think judge effect started taking over. He just started taking over that offense a little bit more. Like he started taking over that offensive line a little bit more. I like the, I hate micromanagers, but I like the mentality is if you're not going to get the job done, I'll get the job done for you until I find somebody who's going to do it. And I like that mentality. And I just like what they're doing, man. And I think his effect on that offense, he's telling them just be simple, run the ball, simplify the game. And it's helping the team. And that's what they're doing. They're getting back to basics. That's why you're going to see Garrett gone. And you're just going to see more and more culture change coming to the New York Giants. And if they don't win a Super Bowl for five, six, seven, eight years, but they come out and they put a good product on the field, and then nine years, ten years down the road, they figure out a way to do it, and it started here, that's where I'm going to say it started. Because it started with Joe Judge. Whether he's there or not, it's starting here. If this continues through and they win within the next decade a Super Bowl, it's because of this man.
0: Mm.
1: Well, here's the thing. I, I like Joe Judge, and I know we've kind of said this before. Eric is more in favor of if you get a new general manager, why is he going to keep the existing head coach? Dave, I know you've you know, you've know gone with him on that, and I definitely understand that point. Judge has done a good job, and I do agree with Schmelrose here that I would put the credit for this team's success on Judge not on Schmelrose, and in saying that... You could put it on
2: Schmelrose, too. Uh,
1: excuse me. Gettleman? I, I, but it's funny. I say I would put the success <laughs> on Judge. Good. Well, here's the thing. I say I would put the Giants' success on Judge, and then I hear Eric's voice in my head saying, what success? They're still under 500. So I hear that voice in my head, but here's the thing. Anything good that has happened with this team, I would give to Judge as opposed to gentlemen, There is something to be said. If you think judges your guy long-term, you could always fire the general manager and have the head coach have input in who the next general manager is. We've seen that before. Now, I'm not saying he's in a Belichick class before, but the idea that you have a head coach putting input on who the next general manager is, I mean, for Christ's sakes, they let Adam Gase do it. And I think we all agree Joe Judge has more of a future than Gase does. So I don't think that that it's that out of the realm of the possibility. All right, now if you want to laugh at the mistake I made, go
3: ahead. No, I I mean, it was good just because there's nothing bad. I mean, think about it, Mike. If I was like, I wouldn't put the blame on the Cowboys season on Mike. Like, yeah, it'd be a funny slip up, but at the same time, you're like damn straight, Dave. You can't blame me. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) that's
1: very true. That's very true. I I wouldn't have taken taken Mike McCarthy, I would have hired Mike McCarthy for the Jets before the Cowboys, but yeah, no, it's been a long time. That's what
2: I wanted to ask you guys, as Cowboy fans. Like, do you think they should get rid of the dude or what? Like, I know it's only one year, but and he was looking, I don't know, Dak was looking good, but. I just don't think, I think McCarthy is a good offensive coordinator. I don't think he's a good head coach.
3: So, uh, Rose, I will say this, and this is my reasoning on why you do not get rid of McCarthy. And the reason is simply when you look at it, has a coach ever started his career with a team and been more handicapped throughout a season?
2: You're right. Yeah.
3: Right. I, I mean, and don't get me wrong. Like, Judge's team has played – I mean, you look at the entire NFC East, they've all sucked. The only team that's had the same head coach since the before the year started, correct me if I'm wrong, the only team is Philly. I think Rivera – this is Rivera's first year too, right? I believe so, yes. So Rivera, Judge, and McCarthy are all starting off just getting there for the team. They had no mini-camps. They had no training camp. They had no preseason. So you had no time to implement your strategy. Most of the guys on that roster are not your guys. When the season first started, Dallas was losing game. They were averaging 36 and a half points a game, but they were giving up 38. So, a new defensive scheme for a whole bunch of guys that just played the last two, three, four years under Rod Marinelli, which was the most basic defensive scheme out there. It was very simple. Keep everything in front of you rally to the ball. That's how they play defense, Bend, but don't break. Mike Nolan wants to do exotic blitz packages. He wants guys standing up. He wants guys that play DN playing D tackle. He wants linebackers moving all over like, it took them time to adjust, and you look at them over the last three weeks. At Before the fake punt, they only gave up 20 points, and it was the beginning of the fourth quarter. It was a four-point game. Then they give them the ball inside the 20. That's an automatic seven. And then a pick to the house to end the game, there's another 14. So for the most part, yeah, they still gave up 27 points, but if you're rocking with the offense you had in the first four weeks, five weeks of the year – you win that game by one to two possessions. So he has none of that to start to implement his season, uh, implement his schemes and his strategy and his game plan, which is why the offense played well, because he basically looked at Kellen Moore like, I can't ask these guys to do everything I want to ask them to do. We're going to keep your playbook. We're going to keep your terminology. And we're going to go out there and execute and score points. He then loses his starting right tackle before the year even starts. Oh, and don't, forget the,
1: don't forget the center retired.
3: Uh, that was my next one. His I'm, sorry, center I'm, so, I'm Fred- sorry. I'm Frederick sorry. Frederick retires. I'm sorry. No, you're good. You're good. He loses Tyron Smith two games in. His all-pro left tackle. His backup center, Joe Looney, who's supposed to take over, goes out in week one. Their backup tackle that was filling in for Lale Collins, a right tackle, he goes out in week one he loses his quarterback by week 4 like have you ever seen a guy get a job that had such high hopes gets so handicapped now look i am a firm firm believer in the world of football it is always the next man up sure. and injuries are not an excuse they just aren't i'm sorry The Eagles went and won a Super Bowl with a backup quarterback that didn't play a game until week 16. We have seen numerous teams with star players be out and go on streaks and win Super Bowls. So losing guys is not an excuse. But when you lose three of your five starters on the offensive line and then two of your top backups, you lose your future franchise quarterback, and you can't implement anything you want to implement. Oh, don't forget your, star, your rookie corner that was starting to turn into a star. You lost him at, at the midway point of the season. So even a guy you were hoping to develop and have gained confidence going into the next year, you lost him too to help, help your defense out. So you, to me, you got to give McCarthy at least two more seasons. Jerry knows the more you overturn coaches, the less likely you are to win. And he knows his time's running short. He is not meant for this world much longer, and we all know it. So he's not going to fire a guy that he believes can help bring him a Super Bowl. And I don't think you you cut McCarthy off after just this year. You just don't. I just, I just don't see how you can.
2: Well, so do you believe – do you guys believe in Mike McCarthy, though? Do well, you believe in the guy?
3: If,
1: if Despite I... all that,
2: if he had his whole – like, do you believe that guy can win you a Super Bowl?
1: Well, here's the, here's the thing. If I can go for a second here,
3: I'm just going to say yes. And then if you need me to explain it, I will.
1: Well, let me, let me say this first because I I definitely want to hear more on that, but here's my thing. We talked when McCarthy got hired as the Cowboys manager, I remember saying, I felt like McCarthy would be more impactful on a team like the jets than he would the Cowboys. Um, because we knew what McCarthy was. He was, you know, he was a good head coach, won a Super Bowl, did develop Aaron Rodgers, helped him work things out very early in his career. But towards the end of his running Green Bay, he just, in my opinion, became very bland, very Manila. And I think he would have had more an impact on the Jets organization than the Cowboys. To go to your point, Dave, because he would have been able to implement things that he wanted to implement from the jump. He comes to a team like the Cowboys, and he's got two things to prove. Number one, he's got to prove that he's still a, a viable head coach because his reputation got thrown through the mud the last couple years he was in Green Bay. The idea you can't win without Aaron Rodgers, the idea you have become a stagnant guy, the idea that the league has passed you by, so he's got this on his shoulder. And then he comes to the Cowboys, and you've got the added pressure of, all right, the Cowboys offense has been pretty stagnant, pretty vanilla itself over the last couple years with Jason Garrett running things. So not only do you got to prove you can win without Aaron Rodgers, but you got to prove you can turn the Cowboys offense around and make it uh, much more, I, I don't really know what to call it. Exciting, uh, unpredictable in a way that Garrett never would have. So you got those two things on your shoulders. <laughs> Mike Nolan has been a terrible defensive coordinator, in my opinion. Like I was never a fan of Marinelli as a defensive coordinator, But the idea that you're taking guys and to kind of go to something you said there, what they're used to is more mundane. And then all of a sudden you're trying to throw all these different things at them at once. And it's pretty obvious you don't have guys that fit the scheme that you're trying to implement there. We've already seen Everton Griffin get tossed aside on that one, uh you know they they let a few guys go here and there. A lot of the guys that they brought in this off season did not fit what Nolan has been trying to do. I dump him as soon as possible, in my opinion, because i that defense has been a disgrace. Do I have confidence in McCarthy being the guy to get us to the Super Bowl? I don't know on that one. I mean, my. My pessimism, and yes, it's from being a Met fan and a Cowboy fan, says no. I I got to go with some of the things that Dave said, though, in terms of all the injuries you had. And, Dave, you were kind of light on the offensive line injuries. You lost four starters on the offensive line because you kind of forgot about Lil Collins. He was a starter on the offensive line, too. So you lost four starters on the offensive line. I mentioned so, him, Mike. Yeah, but no, you said three starters. So yeah, you- three starters. Yeah, but Tyron Fred
3: Smith, Lale Collins, and Travis Frederick.
1: Yeah, but you also lost Zach Martin for a bulk of the season, too. Like, he played a few games, but he has not played most Zach of the season. Mart- Zach
3: Martin's played every game this year until he got hurt in Thursday's game.
1: I thought he missed a few games before that. All right, then I'm wrong. I'm wrong then. You... You, but anyway, the point is still the same. You look at all he's been missing this season. Right off the bat, in my opinion, McCarthy had kind of an inevitable, um, unenviable task ahead of him to not only take this team and take them to that next level, but to... Uh, dismantle those stereotypes that have kind of put on him the last couple of years, and then you throw the added thing of having Dak Prescott go down, all the guys on the offensive line go down, the defense not doing what it's supposed to do. I wouldn't be opposed to him being fired after this season, but the problem is I don't know that you're going to get anybody better who could have handled it better. So, it's not that he's the best option. It's that there's no better options out there, if that makes any sense. So, go ahead, Dave. Go ahead, Dave.
3: I, I mean, look, it, to me, look, the dude down in Kansas City, the offensive coordinator, quarter, uh, quarter, uh, oh, my God, yeah, offensive coordinator, By all means, like that dude deserves a freaking job. I don't know how he doesn't get a job. And look, don't get me wrong. Is he going to go to a team and have a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes? No. Is he going to go to a team that has the type of speed on the outside and the dominant tight end in the middle of the field? No. But what do I know about that man? He is going to base his offensive scheme off of the guys he's got, and I don't doubt his ability to make it a successful offensive scheme. With that said, you cannot hire a head coach after you just had one for 10 years and let him go after one year. They have to get rid of guys that are considered Garrett's guys. They have to get rid of guys that are not fit for what they do. Like, for example, Tyron Crawford on the defensive line, like he's gone after this year. They they couldn't cut him this year because it would have counted $9 million against their cap. Next year, when they can cut him and before the guaranteed roster bonus on June 1st or whatever it is, they're cutting him. And just to kind of add why I'm saying that is it connects to what your cousin's asking in the chat room of whether they signed Dak or go after a quarterback in the draft. This team is signing Dak Prescott. I agreed. Am, I will die on that hill by myself if I have to. They are signing Dak Prescott.
1: Jerry Jones will not let him walk. I'm sorry. He's not going to let him walk.
3: So, to me, the question is what are you going to do with your top 10 draft pick? And Dallas has been one of the best. Uh, drafting teams in the first round Over the last Seven or eight years
2: If do You know why I believe teams, that is Real quick Because they don't overthink it dude. They just take the best guy available
1: Well they so, also lock Jerry Jones Out of the draft room I believe they do that They lock Jerry Jones out of the draft room They have
2: to Whatever they do They take the best player available And they don't you know they don't overthink it. Like they they don't outthink themselves. They just draft, and it's smart.
3: Yeah, I'm sorry. The only got the only the the telltale sign of that being the case was when they went with Zach Martin over Johnny Manziel. Yeah, yeah. It's really that simple. That that was when you knew Dallas was finally turning a corner and looking at Jerry and being like, Jerry, shut Get- the fuck up.
1: Get out of the draft room. If you want to be in this draft room, you sit in the fucking corner and you let the people who know what they're doing do what they're supposed to do.
3: Yeah, shut up. So, I mean, look, you just – you can't. You you can't. You're just – you're not going to – you're not going to fire McCarthy. You got to give him – I mean, to me, I'd say at least two years. Um, But let's be honest here. If all of a sudden, with all the injuries Dallas had and after Dak went down – If Dallas goes on a run and wins the division, let's say it's seven and nine, people would have been calling that one of the best coaching years ever by a coach with what he was able to do with and with what he lost. So it's, it's, it's what, you know, glass half full, glass half empty. To me, McCarthy in the long run might have been the luckiest SOB to have this year go the way it went.
0: Mm.
3: Because not only is he going to be able to get guys that he wants that fit what he wants to do, but more importantly, he's going to be able to get a guy in the top 10 and another guy in the top 40 or 42. Mm. So you're talking in the first three rounds alone, he's going to be able to pick within the first 50 picks, basically. Hmm. So he's going to be able to add some really good players that can start on day one. Obviously, that's with the hopes of health, COVID be going the fuck away and, you know, them actually turning out to be worth the draft pick. So a lot of factors matter into that. But let's just say he gets three guys in his first draft, second draft ever with the team. And he took all three of them in the top 10 of each round. You're talking a really quick opportunity. You get everybody back healthy. And if this, I mean, to me, if this team has the opportunity to start week one next year healthy and can stay respectably healthy throughout the year, they are a team that should not only win the division, but they are a team that should be able to go on the run of the playoffs. And if they don't even come close to that, then you, you could get me to change my mind after next year. But to me right now, I'm going with it. You got to give them at least three seasons.
2: Well, you're right too. If they come into the NFC lease next year, uh, I honestly believe that the Giants and the Redskins have promise. I feel like the Eagles have taken 15 steps back. Um, but <laughs> as far as the Redskins and the Giants, like they have promise. But if Dallas comes in next year healthy with this team, um, and they don't win the division, I would, for me, that's got to be on the coach. You know, if they stay yeah. healthy, they come in healthy. For me, I've never believed uh, in Mike McCarthy. I feel like Aaron Rodgers was going to be who Aaron Rodgers was going to be. Um, they won that Super Bowl in spite of Mike McCarthy. Uh, I feel like he's, he'd be a good offensive coordinator, but I always believe in guys who believe in run games. But I don't like how wherever he goes, the run game dies. And I just don't know if Dak, I mean, Dak to me is a great leader. And they'd be stupid to let a guy like that walk. And if they let a guy like that walk, I'd love to see him wearing Giants blue. And I hate to say that, but just the way he is, man, that little thing where like he threw a, a Gatorade cup, a paper Gatorade cup. He was like the third string quarterback or something. And he threw a Gatorade cup at the, the garbage can and, uh, He went and missed, you know, and he went and picked it up himself. There's, like, 15 other people around to pick that cup up for him. But he got his ass up. Like, it's just the way the guy is. Like, I love that. And he's just – I just love to have him lead my team. So, if they let him walk, I think it's stupid. But if he was the only guy to go down this year and Dallas looks like they do now and it was just Andy Dalton replacing Dak Prescott, I'd have a different thought, I think. Like, uh, I think you can't blame Mike McCarthy this year, but if he doesn't do it next year with a healthy team in this division, then you can. But if he only Dak went down and it was Dalton, I wouldn't be saying that just because they only franchise tagged him. They didn't give him that long term contract. Like you signed Andy Dalton just in case for that reason. So if it was just that injury, then I wouldn't I'd say, you know, this guy's gotta go if they had this record.
0: Sure.
3: See, yeah, I would agree with that. I could understand that because to me, Dalton's good enough that if the rest of the Cowboys roster is hundred percent healthy, he, he could he could get them to close to 500, if not 500.
2: I just feel like Jerry Jones hires good offensive coordinators, but he hasn't found a good head coach in a very long time.
1: Well, yeah, the last one is a Hall of Famer, let's be honest. But um, I, I want to say one thing because, Shmel rose you said it. Cousin David is saying it in the chat. Dak Prescott is not walking this offseason, whether it's the franchise tag or a long term contract. Dak Prescott is going to be a Cowboy next season. There's no way he's going to be with another team. At the very least, he's getting the franchise tagged again this season.
0: I'm not care. really walking
2: right now either. Sorry.
1: Okay, see yourself out on that one. But uh, yeah,
3: yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not laughing at that one, uh, yeah. uh, Mr. Eric Pfeiffer.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: okay. you, yeah, you
3: get the You get the government name when you make a bad
0: joke
2: <laughs> like that. Oh, that's perfect. That's, <laughs> that's, that's the fake Larry Schmelrose.
1: That's fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah, I got you, Larry. Thank you. Um, oh, yeah. But this idea that, okay, he's an unrestricted free agent. Do you think he's going to go elsewhere? No, he's not going to go elsewhere because the Cowboys can still franchise him this season. And pay him thirty-five million dollars for one season. Oh, that's such a hardship. Oh, you can't get a long-term contract. You have to play next season for 35 million dollars. Oh, we should all be that unlucky. It's actually it's,
3: close to 38, Mike.
1: Oh, excuse me. Yeah, they know, do they
2: do it though? It's, I it's am fat. so
1: sorry. Coming I, off
2: a broken ankle, do they give him thirty-eight million dollars for one season?
1: Yes, yes, they okay. will give I him just that. Sure. They will give him that. Especially when you
3: know you can get out of it.
1: <laughs> How do you get out of it?
3: One year. I'm just saying the franchise tags are one year. That's it. It's, oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, over. Yeah, yeah. It, it, he has a bad year yeah, and yeah, doesn't look like the same guy after the injury, yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. you're like, all right, bye.
1: No, I thought for some reason I thought you meant like the middle of the season. I was just like, how's that possible?
3: No. Nah, so yeah,
1: bad. no, no. He's getting he's getting either franchised or he's getting a long term deal. Dak Prescott does not play next season for another team. It's not happening. To sign a quarterback that, that you may not want, they want him. What I like, I, I don't get that the Cowboys. No, no he's want saying him he's there. saying oh. the
3: sign a quarterback that may not want to be there.
1: Dak Prescott doesn't want to be a Dallas Cowboy. Excuse me.
3: I mean, I was just about to type that in the chat. Look, I I mean, I'm kind of interested to see what Larry thinks on this one. But I mean, my thoughts on this one, I, guess, I could I Cowboy. could see that because if you think about it. They tried to give him a contract before he hit his fourth year and his final year of his deal, and they lowballed the shit out of him. They came in under 30, 30, or they came in under 30 million dollars a year, and the kid just finished winning his second division title. Well, wait he, a minute.
1: Wait a minute. I'm sorry. Didn't they give him 30 million and he wanted 40 million?
3: They were. Compro- they were at a compromise of about $36 million. The problem was that Dallas wanted a five-year deal. Dak wanted a four-year deal Yeah, because Dak wanted to get the opportunity to sign a brand-new contract when he turned 30, 31 years old, which is the perfect time if you're a quarterback to sign a brand-new contract.
1: Oh, sure. But you said it was under 30 million. Like, that's what, no, I, that's year what I thought before, it was.
3: The year before his rookie oh, year oh, oh, or before me. his final year. So I, two off seasons ago,
0: okay. they lowballed right.
3: the yeah. hell out of him. And then this year they couldn't just say, fine, Dak, we'll give you the four year deal. Because when it's all said and done, if you're not, if you play the way we expect you to play, we're going to offer you another contract. And if you don't like that one, we get two more years of franchise tagging. Like, there was a no-loss situation there for, for them to just cave to what he wanted. Mm. And they and they fucked it up. So, I see where your cousin's coming from because they've given him plenty of reason to just be like, you know what? I know I can go somewhere else and get what I want. So, mm. you know, the difference is no, nah, there really is no difference. He can go wherever the hell he wants and get the kind of money he wants because teams are going to p- be willing to pay. Like, Dak Prescott, to me, when it's all said and done, I think he's going to be the best quarterback out of his entire rookie class. And he got taken in the fourth round.
1: Well, who is his quarterback class? Blake Bortles was in his class, right? Who else was? Carson
3: there? Wentz, Jared Goff. They were your one, too. Goff is the only one who's close to him right now. And golf actually Goff made it to a Super Bowl. He made it to a Super
2: Bowl. Yeah, he did. I mean, the thing is, is that Dallas has young cheap weapons around him now. So, like, you know, CD Lamb, Gallup, uh, even Cooper. I'm not sure what Cooper's salary looks like, but the yeah, offense are able to put
3: tw- He got five years for a hundred million. It's 20 yeah, million he in got, base. He
2: got all, a, all right. So he got a nice deal. But either way, you have guys like Gallup and 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 younger guys in the offense who are productive. Uh, it's a perfect time to sign that guy to a contract and they didn't do it. And to be honest, you don't make business decisions based off of emotion. But if I'm Dak Prescott, man, I'm looking around the NFC East. I'm looking at the Washington Redskins. I'm like, Hey man, you need a quarterback, you know, like, like this guy, man, yep. this guy, that's where my head's at. Like if, if, I don't know how franchise tags work. I'm not that big into the business aspect of it. I don't know if it's all guaranteed money. I don't know if you get franchise tagged and you break your ankle, say, week four, uh, if you only get those four game checks, or how much of it's guaranteed. Yeah, the, the,
3: it, enti- the entirety of a franchise tag is
2: guaranteed. The whole thing is he gets the game checks every week.
3: He could have been running out to the field to warm up for week one's game and broke his ankle then, and he still was guaranteed that dollar.
2: Okay, Every, that part. So he didn't lose. He didn't lose any money. So <laughs> you know, if they want him back, you know they're there trying to stroke him as much as possible. And right now, nobody else can. It's illegal, you know. But it doesn't mean his agent ain't out talking to other people. Uh, I'm sorry, man. If I'm Dak and they don't put a, a deal on the table for me, I'm taking an extra year to rehab my ankle. And hoping that works out for the best. And I'm not well, signing a franchise tag well,
1: I'm so I'd like if you want to put the Dak is gonna walk argument on the table. Here's the deal: he takes the franchise tag next year. The idea that he would take the whole season to rehab is ludicrous, in my opinion. If you really want a big contract, if you really want to walk, you play the year on the contract on under the franchise tag, you play your ass off. You get the team to the playoffs. You get the team farther than it's been in 20 years, and then you walk. That's or oh, you only- bust your
2: leg up one more time, never having had a long-term contract and being one of those players. You
0: still got 38. Who, who arguably, that it season. doesn't matter.
2: There's other yeah, quarterbacks right. who are out there getting 100 million guaranteed. Mahomes like- got
3: 500 million. But that's that's what all, I'm saying. That's like,
2: but <laughs> this is, I can understand if we're talking about someone who hasn't won two division titles, but you're talking about a guy who deserves to be the face of your franchise and has deserved to be the face of your franchise. I, that's it deserves not way more than one year $38 million. You know, like he just, he's, he's their leader, man. That's the guy you want on the billboards. That's the guy you want out meeting the kids and kissing babies and shaking hands and doing all that stuff. Like, That's the guy, man. And they didn't do it. And it, it, it could end up biting them in the ass. Uh, so, you know.
3: So, Smell Rose, the only thing – I know you mentioned that you're not into the business side of things. So, the only problem for Dak would be is if he refuses to sign that franchise tag and decides not to play next year, he loses a year of eligibility, which means Dallas could franchise tag him the next year.
2: Mm-hmm. So, either way, he's in a bad – Yeah, like
3: he's better off signing the franchise tag and giving it his best go. But like I just said to Cousin David in the chat, if I'm Jerry Jones, here's a blank check, Dak Prescott. Please don't be too harsh and go win me a freaking Super Bowl.
0: I'm I'm sorry. sorry. If I'm
3: I'm Jerry Jones, here's the blank check. Take what you got to take. Let's move on so I can do what I got to do. Because for everybody that's worried about the salary cap, if you haven't figured it out by now in the NFL, the salary cap is there, but the salary cap does not mean a damn thing. I agree. I there agree. are so many loopholes in the, in the collective bargaining agreement, in how salaries work in the NFL, that when it's all said and done, if a team guarantees you $100 million and then they tell you that they want to let you go the next year, guess what? There are ways for them to get out of uh, get out of a percentage of that not pay you everything up front, make you wait a certain amount of time to get that money, spread the money out across numerous cap years. It is absurd. So if you're worried about cap room and cap space on a team, you are wasting your time and energy because NFL owners own that system, they run that system, and the players are literally nothing but employees. Mm -hmm. And they can do whatever the hell they want. And whatever they think is guaranteed to them is not guaranteed to them. Mm -hmm. Other than what they take when they sign that contract and that signing bonus, everything else is in flux. Everything else is up in the air. Yeah.
1: I I do want to wrap this up a little bit because I'm just looking at the time right now. And uh, I I did not realize we went on this long here. Here's the deal. Bottom line, what you said, Jerry Jones handed him a blank check. I believe Jerry Jones is going to do something like that. I don't believe Jerry Jones is going to let him walk. Jerry Jones is taking care of players who have done far less for their franchise and have had far less of an impact on their franchise than Dak Prescott. So the idea to me that Jerry Jones is not going to take care of him, I'm sorry, if, if it happens, I need to see it to believe it. Jerry Jones is going to do the right thing here. Jerry Jones is going to take care of him. Jerry Jones is for every negative thing you can say about him. You can say he's an idiot. Guess what? He's an idiot with fat wallets, fat pockets, and he's going to do something with it. And he's going to give Dak Prescott the money. Dak Prescott. All right. I, I, I see cousin David talking about the Jets and the Eagles in the chat. No, he's staying with the Cowboys. Gonna I hope
2: happen. he does, because yeah. I don't, I think if he doesn't, he's really going to regret it.
1: Uh, I agree with you on that. I also think it's funny because, you know, the argument has always been, is he a franchise quarterback? Is he a franchise quarterback? Now he goes down. We see what happens when he's not there. Now everybody, sign him. Give him whatever the hell he wants. And I agree with it. Give him whatever the hell he wants. Just give it to him. All right. Anyway, let's do some picks here. Let's do some picks here. Let's take a look at where we're at here. I don't know if anybody gave Eric the games that we picked last week. Um, But I can tell you right now, the records, where we're at right now on the season. Dave, until I know whether or not Eric got his picks uh, from last week, you are now in sole possession of first place. And you sounds so
3: surprised, Mike. I mean, come on. I do. I do it I every did year.
1: Not sound. <laughs> I did not sound. You made that up. <laughs> forty and twenty-two on the season. You. We all went three and one last week. We all picked the same teams. So we all went three and one. So Dave's at forty and twenty-two. Schmelrose is at 39 and 23. Schmelrose, I will not use your government name for this right now. And I'm, 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 we're hanging on to that line. That's a good line. We're going to keep that line. Uh, I'm pulling up the rear at 36 and 26 here. So let's do some picks here this week. Schmelrose, uh, because Eric is not here tonight, you are going to do uh, both your Schmelrose shit show and you are the designated person to do the Toilet Bowl of the Week. So I think that's that? appropriate, Mike. Yes. Very appropriate.
2: Yes, I think Schmelrose so. Schmelrose handles the shit. There you go.
1: Exactly.
0: There you go. There you go.
1: There you go. Get all up in it. Uh, Dave, you want to start with your first game? Who you want to pick?
3: Well, I mean, I don't know if I missed it. And if I did, I really hate it. But, like, are we counting the Baltimore Pittsburgh game as an option for this week since they're playing
2: tomorrow? No, nah,
1: let's not. Let's not. Because that still technically counts as week 12. So, I we... know.
3: and I just saw on Twitter, um, they reported two more positive tests today, but waited until the players were on the plane to tell them.
1: Oh, that's nice. Oh, that's, like, that's fantastic. Like, are you so going now to the whole team is done?
3: I don't know how they play in this game. I, I have no idea. It,
2: don't tell me you care about player safety. I'm sorry. I don't want No. I no. think what they care about, my personal opinion, i was sitting here thinking about it, and I, I'll get it through quick. I'm sorry, but I think they're going to try and get to week 15, play through week 15, any way they can regroup and try and figure something out from there for a playoff situation. Mm. Okay, I can kind of see week that. Week 15, yeah. this, the records, I think by week 15, other than NFC Lease, the records are uh, – you can't argue them. You know, that they're going to be what they're going to be. And if you – they're going to – expect. I just think they get to week 15 and they try and do it. I think that's what they've been trying to do all along, just push it to week 15. For some reason, that number sticks out in my head, and then we can shut it down. We can create a bubble. We get everybody healthy, and we can regroup. And I think that's what their their plan is, to try and make some money.
0: Mm.
1: Well, Cousin David is pointing out, say he's painting a very morbid scenario in the chat. Wait for a player to get sick and be on a ventilator. Then they'd have to own the optics. Then we could talk about the shield. That, oh, trust me. Uh,
3: your cousin's not wrong. I mean, let's be honest. Not, NFL, he's not. They always wait till the worst happens and everybody starts freaking out about it. Before they do a damn thing. that Oh, yeah. No, we've talked players. about
1: it for years. You know, they want to be reactionary rather than proactive. This is like a a much worse, like the Ray, you know, I always go back to the Ray Rice thing. You know, you could have been proactive about that. You didn't want to. You wanted to wait till the video came out and then you just reacted to it because everybody was looking at you going, what the hell is wrong with you? How did you allow this?
3: Yeah, it's the same they, thing. They, they basically they're basically like a teenager that just hopes they don't get caught. And when they get caught, they own up to it. Sure. Sure. I agree with that. Uh, yeah. All right. So, uh, Schmelrose, what's my segment again? The the, the Hastings Highlight of the Week. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I couldn't say it as good as you. Yeah, um, no,
1: right, Yeah. So... Enjoy that. He can't do it for me because he can't pronounce my last name.
3: So I think the game that has not only some of the biggest playoff implications um, when it comes down to standings and wild card seedings and all of that, but may actually be a really entertaining game is the Browns at the Titans. Um, Yeah. The Browns have done more than enough to make all of us sit there and be like, all right, there's no way you're actually as good as your record is. But, I think all three of us can agree on one thing when it comes down to football. We respect Bill Parcells and Bill Parcells always said you are what your record says you are. So I don't know about you guys. That kind of says some volumes when it comes down to uh, the Browns Uh, Titans coming off a huge week against Indianapolis. Um, So really impressive there with that win. I was kind of, I was actually shocked that they got it. Um, but I this to me also seems like a, a game that could go either way. Tennessee's at home. One o'clock game really has no impact on either team for, you know, you know, we talk about that West Coast, East Coast thing, not an impact for either one of these teams. I I I'm Ooh, where do I want to go? Man, I set myself up for a hard decision. Um Give me the Titans. I think overall they're a better football team and and Vrabel really, I think Vrabel is one of the most underrated head coaches in the entire league. So uh, give me the uh, Tennessee Titans for the win. Yeah. I'm
1: kind of leaning the same way on that. It's funny. I did say, I thought Cleveland was guaranteed at least nine wins this season. I said that earlier this season, they're at eight. Both these teams at eight and three right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think you said it perfectly there, Dave. Cleveland's one of those teams you look at it and you just kind of scratching your head, going, "How did they get to that record?" Um, but Tennessee, like I, I got to go with the team that has the best player on the field, and Derrick Henry is the best player on the field. And I also agree with you with what you said about Vrabel there. So I will go with Tennessee as well. Schmelrose?
2: I'm with you guys with the Tennessee. Uh, I think it's crazy scary how good. Derrick Henry gets as the season rolls on like it's against all the laws of physics and science Uh, I think he's going to do a number on that decent Browns defense and you're right like they their record they are what the record says they are and they are going to be probably around eight and eight or nine and seven when the year is said and done in my opinion Mm. but uh you know I, I think I'm going Tennessee there I do the Browns are interesting to me because I like the fact that last year was the hype. I didn't buy into the hype myself last year. Um, Now this year they're playing good football. They're eight, three midway past the midway point. Uh, I think next year is when we start talking about, you know, if they keep their, their pieces like guys, like their running game, that Kareem hunt, uh, Nick Chubb combination. Like that's next year. We're going to be talking about the Browns for real. Uh, But this year I think the Titans kind of are on their push towards a, another push towards an AFC title game.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Now I agree with you on that. All right. So now it's time for Aglioloro's aggravation.
2: Aglioloro's aggravation.
1: Yeah. Thank you. You waited for me to say it. You waited for me to say it. Oh,
0: that's amazing.
1: That was good. That was good. So here's the thing. I'm still in my survivor pool. It's still me and two other teams. Uh, me and one of the other guys, we both picked the Jets uh, to lose against the Dolphins. And can you believe we went the entire show without talking about the fact that Adam Gay still has a job? Matt Patricia gets fired over the weekend along with his general manager. I don't think we knew the general manager was coming, but we all knew Patricia was coming and Gay still has a job. So, yeah, there's that. I mean, listen. The obvious one, if you're going for a survivor pool, you're picking Las Vegas over the over the Jets. That's just a no brainer there. But to add a little intrigue and by intrigue, I do mean one percent of intrigue. I'm going to go with Minnesota and Jacksonville here because here's the thing. Jacksonville just fired its general manager over the weekend. Doug Marone is probably not long for this world himself. But you look at Minnesota, and yes, they did beat Carolina this weekend. Minnesota is a team that could definitely be beaten by a Jacksonville team at, on a Sunday like this one. I mean, you know, it's funny. A few weeks ago, the Jets played the Chargers. The Chargers beat them. The Chargers, Dave, I know you remember a few years ago when the Browns were going through that 1-15 season. Who was the one... In that one and fifteen, and who is the guy who said that the Chargers were going to win that game, or we're going to lose that game?
3: It was you. David. Oh man, it was Mike, you. You're, really put, you're putting me on the spot right now. It was you. It was you. Oh, okay. And I'm it was,
1: sorry. <laughs> no, it was I you. I thought you were referencing a player. No, I'm no, like, no. It, oh, was man,
3: Mike, uh... it was you, It was
1: you. It was you. I'm giving you some credit here. It was Thank you who you. said that. Yes, you're welcome. I'm bringing this up because this game seems like, you know, I'm going to pick Minnesota in this game because I do think Minnesota should win this game. But I look at this and I see where Minnesota is at on the season, and I'm reminded of that Chargers team from a couple years ago that got beat by the, at the end of the season, one in 15 Browns to avoid being, uh, uh, having no wins on the season and i feel like there's a little bit of that intrigue there i feel like this team, this minnesota team reminds me of that team so again i will go with minnesota but i picked this game cuz this is one of those that just remind me of that so okay dave, yeah dave who you got
3: in this okay <laughs> yeah um I mean, Jacksonville really does seem to stay in games. Minnesota seems to stay in games. And mm-hmm. a lot of their games have just boiled down to which way the ball bounces. Um, with that said, though, I I have to go with uh, – I got to go with Minnesota. I, I just have to. Mm-hmm. Show but I, I think that I show. think that's a good call on the pick, though. I think that's a good call on on a game to choose from because I could it's, see that going either way. It's away.
1: definitely one of those that I would not want. I'd like, I could see people picking this in a survivor pool, but I could also see this being the one that blows up horribly in your face. I really could see this. Like I don't know what the line is or anything for the gamblers or anything like that. I'm not really much of a gambler myself because I suck with the lines and everything. But I could see this being one of the ones that if you pick this in any of those, you're sitting there on the edge of your seat at that game going, like, God, I hope I didn't fuck up my whole season here. Yeah. Yeah. Schmelrose, who you got?
2: Allow me to extend your aggravation because I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> When you do this, when you come in here and you're like, you know, this has intrigue, Jacksonville could upset Minnesota, I'm going to take Minnesota. No, 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 no. I'm going to take Jacksonville. Even if I give you one back, I don't care. I'm going to take Jacksonville, and I hope they win. I think Minnesota's a better team. I think they're going to win. But write me down for Jacksonville. Just because you said that and you went back to Minnesota, I hope Jacksonville wins and I can aggravate you that much more. <laughs>
1: well, yeah, because well played, well yeah, yeah, <laughs> this is like this is like Las Vegas and the Chiefs from earlier in the season when I said the whole thing, and then you guys were giving me credit, and then Schmel Rose shows up. No, you don't deserve credit. You didn't have the balls to go all the way. There you go. There you go. All right, fair enough. Good job, Shmel Rose. All right. The Toilet Bowl of the Week. Larry Schmelrose.
2: So I'm going to pick this one, and I'm probably giving you a game back uh, just because I don't know I'm not sure what Eric would pick here, um, but I'm going to pick it because I want to pick my upset this week. So I'm going to pick the Giants-Seahawks game and write me down for the New York football Giants. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you're going to be by yourself on that one, I think. I know uh, it. I yeah, know it. Yeah, I'm picking Seattle on this. One. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I give you cre- I give you credit for having the wow. balls.
3: I I, give I you- am- Yeah, that that's not that's not the that's not the, the toilet bowl. That's that's like dripping the nuts in the bowl. <laughs>
2: That's when you hit your fifties and they're sagging a little more, and they just kind of, you know, float there on it. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you.
1: Listen, I don't care how great I'm just saying, that's what it sounds like. I don't care how good the Giants' defense has played the last few weeks. I don't see any player on that defense being able to stop DJ Metcalf the way he's playing right now. Because if he carries that chip on his, his shoulder, like I get that you don't have anybody on your coaching staff who's going to poke the bear the way that Jim Schwartz did last yeah, dude, week.
2: Dude, Joe Judge know. is sending that man roses every day this oh, week. Yeah. Oh, he's yeah. He's like, you absolutely. are the greatest. Here's some I mean, candy, some chocolate. I was going to say, Enjoy.
1: fuck the roses. He's sending them chocolates. He's sending them everything. He's sending them Russell Stovers, the whole goddamn thing.
3: Uh, he's hearts, everything donuts. He's like, here, eat a lot of fattening, crappy food, man. It, it, it's going to be amazing.
2: He's like, yeah. you're the greatest anyway, man. Yeah. Just keep eating. You're the best, dude. I Just like, keep eating this crap. The They're way- like, you're right. Man. Seriously, you're right.
3: though, that, the, way D, the way DK Metcalf looks physically, like I know you guys have seen pictures of that dude with no shirt on. I'm pretty sure he could crush boxes of Krispy creams every day and not gain a <laughs> pound.
2: Right. Like I was saying earlier, like you pound for pound, that man is the most physically dominant man in the NFL.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I just it, don't. I would say him and Derrick Henry.
0: Mm. Him and Derrick Henry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without
3: yeah. a doubt. And yeah. Like there are no guys in the league at any, like Aaron Donald to me, like, yes, he's one of the most dominant players in the league, but like Aaron Donald size wise compared to other guys is not for his position. You're not like, wait, how do you look like that? Mm-hmm. That That's not normal. That's not natural. Like, you look at Derrick right. Henry, you look at DK Metcalf, you look at those guys, and you're just sitting there saying to yourself, like, how do you look like that and do what you do? Mm-hmm. That is insanity. Like, <laughs> Metcalf's running a four, like a sub three forty, and the dude is 6'4", 220 pounds, and he's like, what, 6% body fat, if that?
2: I was, playing, I was playing against Derrick Henry in, in fantasy this week and I'm watching Red Zone and I'm just like, bro, would you guys please tackle that man? And then they handed the ball out to him. I was like, ah, fuck it. Never mind. I wouldn't either. Like oh, Jesus,
3: dude. Yeah, exactly. Like and, and Larry, you're a big dude, man. Like, I mean, you're a pretty big dude. And Derrick Henry
2: would make you look small. I wouldn't I wouldn't be moving. I know that. Like, I the only place I'd be moving is out of his way. And if I didn't get out of the way, I'd be just laying there for a while. Like, whew,
1: I, I tell I'm, you alive. I'm alive. I'm alive. I tell you this, I'm just happy you guys went with that rather than focusing on the fact that I called him DJ Metcalf instead of DK Metcalf. So ah, thank you, thank whatever. You. We are, they have thank a DJ right
2: more right. on that team. Yeah, that's that's easy to do.
0: But anyway,
3: I'm taking Seattle. Like Larry, you can stand on that hill by yourself. Yeah, I will. No, I'll tell you. I'll tell you this. I I respect. I I respect you dipping the balls in the toilet, though.
1: Yeah, I tell you this. There's not one guy on that Giants defense I think can go up against them. Not one guy I think will be able to stop them. Like Logan Ryan's done good. The guy Bradbury's done good. Not one of them is going to be able to stop them.
2: I think Graham's smart enough to give over the top help. Uh, I just feel like they're going to be able to yeah, they have it, Martinez is going to be able to be a guy. Uh, he's a difference maker in the run game. Their, their run game, they're going to be able to stop Car- Chris Carson. My biggest concern, whether it's Daniel Jones or Colt McCoy, is just keeping the offense moving down the field and getting points, just get points out of every drive. If you could find a way to get points out of every drive, I don't care what kind of points I have faith in that defense. I have faith in my defense and I love having, yes. like I to me, it's back yes. to the yeah, giants. Like to... before back to the Kerry Collins days, dude, that's where I feel like I'm at. Like our defense was out of this world and we just had nothing on offense for so long, somehow made a run one year to a super bowl that way. Like, I love that. I love that. I would take that over a 50 point scoring team any day. That's just the way I am, you know?
3: Well, I'll tell you this. Yeah. Right I mean, right look, I'll, I'll say oh. that.
1: Nah,
0: no, go ahead, like, I was just oh. going to
3: say it really quick. Like, I, I, oh, think, well, oh, I, I, I think, you know, Seattle's not Kansas City. Mm. So you don't have to score a touchdown on every drive. Like you said, Larry, you just got to get points. Mm-hmm. They're not Kansas City. They're not going to be able to put up 50 on you if they feel like it. Like, they're they're not Kansas City. So you are right. If they just score points and stay close, that game can come down to the fourth quarter, and then you never know.
1: Well, listen, I, I, I all I'm going to add to that is I'll say this. Yes, all you got to do is score points. The D- Seattle defense is easy to score points on. But whereas I feel like the Giants will be, you know, be happy to take the field goals, I have faith in Seattle's offense there. Giants can take the field goals. I'll take Russell Wilson. I'll take DK Metcalf. And I'll even take Chris Carson or whoever they put at running back. Because let's be honest, whoever the Seahawks put at running back, sooner or later he blows up for freaking 150 yards.
2: So. Um, Puncher's apparently,
1: chance, baby. apparently, apparently uh, cousin. Uh, I'm sorry, Schmelrose. I didn't hear you on that one. Cousin David put in the chat room a link. Kyle Fackroll was put on IR, leaving the Giants thin at the linebacker position.
2: I'm okay with it. I'm all right with it. Okay. Next man up, baby.
1: All right. All right. So that was the toilet bowl. Schmelrose, you got to do the.
2: Larry Schmelrose, Shit Show of the Week. Oh, man. I've actually had uh, something lined up here. Let me just go back through the schedule uh, for the shit show that I kind of like because we're going back to the shit show in Chicago. Uh, we got the Chicago Bears oh. versus Detroit Lions and an NFC North, whatever you want to call it. I feel, like uh,
1: <laughs> that, I feel like Eric would call that the shard.
2: I do. It is kind of a shot, you know? I mean, they're back to shit show Trubisky, um, but it's a hard one to pick, kind of, you know? You got the shitty Lions versus the shitty Bears. Uh, The Bears are a little less shitty, in my opinion, so that's where I'm going to go. Plus, I don't mind watching a Bears game. My brother's a Bears fan, so uh, here's a shout-out to Gary Schmelrose, and, uh, you know, hopefully uh, the Bears take it, and I get that pick.
1: Well, just because we're talking about the Bears... Rest in peace, Chris Farley. Just want to throw that in there, just because we're talking about the Bears. So uh, Bear. Saturday Night Live, man. I was a fan of Saturday Night Live up until about five years ago. So, and Chris Farley will forever be the man gone way too soon. Um, you know, cheers is- to that. Thank you, thank. you. Uh, this is a difficult one to pick, man. I mean, Patricia. The fact that he's gone is such a load off the lion's shoulders right now. I want to give them the boost. So, I, I, you said it. I didn't know it until you said it. Foles is out. Trubisky is in.
3: Yeah, Trubisky played all last game. Oh. Uh-huh.
2: Yeah, yeah, the uh, coach said he saw a different guy throughout the week in practice. Well, he wasn't a different guy on Sunday.
1: So that means <sighs> Rubitsky's going to fail a steroid test at some point this week. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, you know something? <laughs> Fuck it. I'm going with the Lions on this. I'm going to say the Lions win it. So Schmelrose picked Chicago, right? You picked the Bears? The Bears. The Bears. All right. I'm picking the Lions. I'm going with the Lions on this. I'm going to say they get the boost that we've seen from the other teams that have fired their head coach, whether it was the Falcons, whether it was the Titans. I'm going to say they get that same boost. I'm going to go with the Lions on this one. Dave, who you got?
3: The one thing I know about the Lions and the message that gets sent to the team when you fire the general manager and the head coach Mm -hmm. is that from top to bottom, and that means Matthew Stafford. Yes, all the way down to the lowest paid player on that team is not guaranteed a job in Detroit next year.
1: That's right.
3: So with that being the case, I am taking Detroit. I think Chicago's deal, keep it close early, but their offense will keep sputtering out and you're going to see Detroit be able to put up enough points. And last I checked, the team that scores more points wins. So I think Detroit's going to be the team to score more points.
2: Damn, did I go against you guys in every one of them today?
1: Except the Tennessee
3: game okay except
1: right. the Tennessee games so hey, got that one. hey Larry look
3: at it like this you might gain some ground on me I mean I'm kind of lounging in first place just chilling beat up <laughs> got a cold drink in my hand hey bro I
2: got a little cocky after that big week we had you know the only guy who went seven and one um so I took it easy on you last week you know hey, I like a, to make a, my crazy picks for viewership to get our ratings up you know that's what I'm here for Look, even if uh, I bunch don't worry of about records
1: hey Schmelrose, if that's the case you need to
3: start going 15 and no.
1: Listen, I'll you throw enough that, shit against the wall, something that. sticks eventually, I, you know
2: what exactly. I mean? Exactly.
3: <laughs> a blind squirrel even finds a nut every now and then.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. Um. So I think that'll about cover it with football. But, I mean, I, I'll tell you the one thing we'll talk about. I brought it up very briefly. Patricia out, Quinn out, Caldwell out. The GM's getting fired. The coach is getting fired. Adam Gay still has a fucking job. At this, point, <laughs> at this point, listen, we know Gase is going to last oh, season.
0: Shit.
1: How is it possible Dan Quinn gets fired? Bill O'Brien gets fired. Matt Patricia gets fired. Uh, I I feel like I'm forgetting a lot of other head coaches who got fired this season. He still has a job. I, at this point, I, I feel like the Jets will not fire him for the rest of the season. I think they'll let him finish it out just because at this point you're already 0 and 11. So why wouldn't you let him finish it out? I get, I get that, but how inept does that front office have to be to have said, we're sticking with Gase for the rest of the season. You're doing nothing to help us out. And in doing so, you're helping us out by assuring us Trevor Lawrence. If he decides he doesn't, you know, at the last minute realize that he's going to the Jets and decides he wants to stay in for another season.
3: Yeah, I, I, I don't know how. I don't know how that man still has a job. Uh, that, that's about the only response I have to that. I, it, it, At this point, it's one of those things where it's just like. it, it You're just literally not
2: paying attention.
0: Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm.
3: there's no other way to put it like you're just not paying attention
2: it's like you're running a business right and you see that you're going bankrupt and you have this one employee here right and that guy is pretty much the cause of you going bankrupt but if you look at the bank statements going bankrupt may not be as bad as like trying to turn it around trying to turn around be some tough work so you could fire this guy try and turn it around and like work real hard and do all that stuff or you could just let it ride out fucking go bankrupt and start a new next year.
1: Well, cousin David is saying (laughs) cousin David is saying in the chat room, Adam Gase is going to convince the jets that it's the players. And then he needs Trevor Lawrence. And if he actually is able to convince the jets that that is true and that he should stay. And that Chris Johnson is actually dumb enough to let, to go with that. Trevor Lawrence is going to decide that he wants to stay another year in college. And not go out and he's going to do what Peyton Manning did in 97 and not come out right away and wait another season. He's going to do that because there's no way Trevor Lawrence is going to play for Adam Gase. And I wouldn't blame him for doing that. So I, I, I don't get it. And the press conference, you all saw the press conference on Sunday, right? Because the clips, the audio clips of this press conference have been making the rounds all over the place. I know I've been hearing it on Carton and Roberts the last couple days. The idea that, you know, he wasn't calling the plays. Now, is he calling the plays? So he says, well, you know, it's pretty easy because we always know we're going to have three plays. So it's going to be three plays. So you're admitting that your offense is so bad that you're going to punt on the fourth play every goddamn time. You're admitting that every, every now, you know, you ain't going to be able to do anything. So it's going to be three and out. Good job, dumbass.
3: Yeah. (laughs) I got nothing for you on that one. That was
1: perfect.
2: Yeah. Happy I'm not a Jets fan.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Steve Cohen should try and buy the Jets. Well, you know, he couldn't do a worse job.
3: All right. Can we honestly? Can we just say one thing that really connects with what uh, Larry just said? As three as three people that are fans of the teams in the NFC least, we can all agree it could be worse.
1: Yeah. At least we're not the Jets.
3: Thank
2: God we're not
1: the Jets. <laughs> oh God. All right.
2: I think you can officially change the t- chant to "Jets suck, suck."
1: Suck. All right, Stu Finer. All right, Stu Finer. <laughs> all right, um, Larry Schmaltz. If you don't know what I'm talking about, watch some Barstool Sports. Uh, they that Stu Finer said that in week one. Um, my
2: bad, my bad. No,
1: no, no, no. It's fine. I I kind of thought you were in on that. Truthfully, I kind of thought you knew that. Um, but uh, yeah, all right. I guess that'll do it for football.
2: Hey, Mike. Uh, just real quick. Yeah, Schmelrose does what Schmelrose does, bro. Ain't nobody influenced that shit, man. Well,
1: I'll tell you right now, man. I don't know if you've ever watched Stu Feiner on the Barstool Sportsbook. What is it? Um, The Barstool Sports Advisors with um, Portnoy, Big Cat, and Stu Feiner. Stu Feiner is a fucking nut job to the highest order. I mean, you watch that show just to watch Portnoy's reaction to the stuff that Feiner does. And you just know Portnoy's staying in his head. How have I not fired this idiot yet? So, but... Yeah, well,
2: when Stu Feiner starts watching Larry Schmelrose, Larry Schmelrose will sign his autograph and maybe consider watching a show for.
1: Yeah. Now, I mean, you're a hundred times more, more knowledgeable and smarter than that guy is. I'll tell you that, but I'll tell you this. I don't know if you guys know this. Stu fighter apparently was the inspiration for Al Pacino's character in two for the money, which if you never saw that movie, don't see that movie. It's not a good movie. I didn't like that. <laughs> I, I heard that. And I was just like, I didn't like that movie when I saw it anyway. Um, do we want to go anywhere else sports-wise? Dave, you got any thoughts on the basketball free agency that's happened over the last couple of weeks here? I know me and Schmelzer were talking last week. Everybody's making a big deal about the Knicks missing out on the free agents, missing out on Gordon Hayward side in four years, $120 million with the, Chicago, with the Charlotte uh, Hornets and acting like the Knicks did something wrong by missing out on that.
3: Uh, honestly, I don't really think anything that's happened in free agency has been overly surprising.
0: Mm.
3: Like, I haven't been taken back by anything or been like, "Ah, oh, they should have went here or done that. Like, when it's all said and done, we're still waiting to find out <clears throat> what hard- what's going to happen with Harden. Um, we're still waiting to find out what's going to happen with Anthony Davis. So, like, your bit, the big names that are part of this, you know, offseason, really nothing's happened so far. So, kind of curious to see, like, what happens with those guys. Um, and I also uh, – honestly, to me, I'm, I'm almost more excited right now. College basketball is kicking off. They've, they're up and running for about a week or two now. And, like, that's really exciting. I just – I have no idea what it's going to be like watching a college basketball game with no fans in the stand because that was the one thing – you could always, always say that college basketball was better than the NBA at, was the atmosphere and the home crowds and that impact. And, like, I, I, that, that's something that's just going to be weird. It's going to be like you're if you played basketball, it's going to be like you're, you're back in the gym just practicing because all you're hearing is, you know, some shouting from your coach or your teammates and a ball bouncing – and sneakers squeaking on a floor. So it, that was I was kind of excited knowing that. I mean, North Carolina, Duke, Kentucky—you know, your typical top schools are still your top schools. So it's not like there's anything to really like hardcore dive into. But just excited college basketball is back, and I, I hope they're able to get get some type of uh, tournament to happen this year.
1: Mm. Yeah, fair enough. It'd be nice. I mean. I'm sure there will be some colleges in certain states that have some fans in the stands, but I mean, it'll be nothing like what you are used to seeing in terms of college basketball. Cause I do know, I do know, you know, as much as I was never, I have never really been a big watcher of college basketball. I, and I think you kind of said this part of the excitement is seeing the excitement from the fans in the stands. And obviously that's all these sports. Part of the excitement is seeing the fans in the stands. So not having that, you know, it's just something we have to deal with at this particular moment. Schmelrose, you got any thoughts?
2: Uh, I actually have one thought. I have to get going, fellas, but um, my one thought is to a friend of mine, all I want to say is, baby, come back.
1: <laughs> fool for me. Baby, come back. <laughs>
2: Maybe come back, but I do got to run. All right, yeah, Mike, um, Mike. But you thank you guys. Up. I appreciate all right, it.
1: All right.
0: All right. This
1: was a good show tonight. I didn't want to kill every, anything <laughs> too early. You guys are going good with certain things. You know what I mean? I mean, sometimes we go a little longer here. That's fine. All right. We'll wrap it up, though. That's fine. Thank you, everybody, for listening out there. Let's do some final thoughts here. Last words. Dave Hastings. Team
3: tank, baby. Dallas top five draft pick. Let's go.
1: (laughs) All right, man. Larry Schmelrose.
2: New York football giants, NFC least champs. All right. (laughs)
3: Larry, I'm getting you a (laughs) shirt that says that. I swear to God. (laughs)
1: I listen. If I'm they gonna, do it, I'll
0: wear it. Yeah. Oh,
3: I know
1: NFC League's <laughs> champs. That's pretty good. All right. I'm going to say this just because he ain't here. Stay sweaty, guys. Thank you both for being here. I am your host, Mike Gaglioloro. Thank you all for listening to us. Thank you, Cousin David, in the chat. Thank you, everybody on all our various podcasting outlets Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Anchor. We thank you all for listening to us, no matter how you're listening to us. As I said, I am Mike Aguiloro, your host, and I will see y'all next week.